What's going on, everyone? My name is Chris Tonnold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where I interview indie artists, content creators, athletes, and small business owners who share how they continually discover and maintain a balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. This episode features musician and podcast host Brett Bueller. Brett plays in the Hollow Truths out of Baltimore, Maryland area and hosts the Part-Time Rockstar podcast. This was a really cool opportunity to sit down and chat with someone who shares a lot of the same passions and views I have about local music and the local community as a whole. We go over how he started with music, his inspiration for the podcast, and how one person with a passion can have such a big impact on their local community and beyond. Brett is putting together the Part-Time Rockstar Fest on June 4th at Fishhead Cantina in Halethorpe, Maryland. You'll get to hear some great musicians, including show alumni Ben DeHaan and Ed from the band Tired All The Time. Go support, and who knows, maybe one day I'll even put my own on. All the links and details will be in the show notes. Stay tuned till the end of the show to catch the Hollow Truth's latest single, The Walls. It's a fantastic song, and Brett really shines on this track. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and share the show if you can. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. When I was listening to some of your stuff already, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is just you wanting to be able to connect with other musicians like-minded like you that are trying to find that balance between what they actually want to do versus the grind of the of the regular daily job or career or life, right? Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah, that sums it up. That's pretty much my premise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had the, the the same kind of idea because I struggle with like motivation and like staying with it because life gets in the way. Right. And yeah. uh, it's it's tough to kind of keep that going when you just feel like completely drained in your nine to five. Uh, and that's what I'm experiencing now. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a bummer going through those uh, those little periods. I mean, for me, it actually just this sort of thing keeps me sane at work. Right. For for my job, it's like I do have downtime um, on occasion. And like during that downtime, I don't know why I, I feel like it to me, like a job is always like some form of jail. I mean, not literally, <laughs> sure, yeah. but I imagine if I was in jail, I would be doing certain things that I wouldn't be doing outside of jail. Like, you know, how everyone converts over to like a different religion or reads a ton of books in jail. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't wouldn't be doing that if they weren't. That's kind of how I feel about work. So while I'm in jail, basically doing my time, I'm like, oh, what kind of like I just feel in a more productive mood, maybe because I'm locked in. So if I get the chance to do something extra, like edit a podcast or edit music or edit video, it like, I don't know, I get like a super high focus during that time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, So I. I had back surgery last year and then was able to get some episodes recorded during that kind of like downtime. Right. Yeah. And then went straight from back surgery to like working all the time and just like every, everything going to shit work wise, people quitting people like leaving. Um, So that that's been something that I've been dealing with. But the other aspect of that is me focusing so much on that. I've missed everything with this and i i I was like i recorded an episode a couple weeks ago uh and then i was editing it this week and i was like this is what i like to do why aren't i doing this all the time yeah because it just feels like better and you have that kind of like mental break like what you're talking about where you can really focus on yeah yeah i mean this is the fun kind of work is the way i look at it like there's just route grunt work but then Although this is a little mundane at times, like, I don't know, it's still like uh, more of a passion project than anything. Yeah, I feel I feel better about like editing my own voice if it's something where it's highlighting someone else. Right. Rather than just hearing mm-hmm. me talk the entire time. Like that's. Oh, yeah. For that's sure. much better. Yeah, I, I do like the interview format style of a podcast more than um, I mean, I can respect people who could just like turn on a microphone and start talking. And occasionally I listen to those type of podcasts. But. I usually feel like, you know, it gets stale and I don't know how it wouldn't be stale. <laughs> I mean, if for anybody, but um, some people like it. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's like Dan Carlin who does like four hour episodes, which is just yeah. an insane person. But he also only like sends them out every like three years, it feels like. So yeah. that that's just such a Herculean effort. And I, I could not imagine 
I've been debating a little bit here and there of what I want to do to kind of balance out the show, like do music reviews or like movie reviews or something along those lines yeah. to kind of supplement some of it. Cause that's, mm -hmm. that's what I've been kind of tossing back and forth between, you know, am I going to have time to really schedule the interviews and, and do all the editing? Can I just squeeze out yeah. like a 15, 20 minute review clip show or some shit like that? So that's, that's something that I, I've been looking at, but just from like typing up my intro that I do, I don't know if you type yeah. up your own intro and like read that from a script, but that that's daunting for me too. Like I don't want to yeah. have to write out a whole ass uh, introduction yeah. and then an episode on top of that. That's just weird. Yeah, it does start to feel like you're having like a, like a college essay type project when you start doing it that way. I've started just kind of like, you know, taking notes basically or jotting notes down and like, all right, I got to mention so-and-so's gig on this date, right. which I'm obviously not going to remember. So like I just kind of jot down the keynotes and then I just kind of like go, well, I've almost done so many episodes now that I think I can like quote for you like my intro <laughs> yeah. without really reading anything or anything like that. It's just I, I generally hit the keynotes and try to keep it moving. Well, it almost kind of doubles as like your elevator pitch, right? A little bit yeah. where you kind of go into the summary for a hot second. You can pitch that yeah. to people and then you can go into like the bulk of what the, the content is going to be. So that that's the only way that I've like made it cool in my mind to type this stuff out and like to practice yeah. it because then I can pitch it to other people and be like, hey, do you want to come onto the show? Because I have this all set up, ready to go. Just 15 yeah. seconds and you're bought in at that point. Yeah, I didn't see how many uh, episodes you're up to now. Uh, So I just put out 80, uh, my 80th nice. one, which is crazy to me. Um, I've been doing it also like off and on for like three or four years. I think I did it. I think I started, I want to say at the end of 2018. Gotcha. So it's been, it, it's cool to see that number, I guess, but yeah. it's not like anything like you're doing where I was, I was noticing that not only are you playing music, you have your own nine to five, you got your own job with that, but you also have this podcast that you've been putting out pretty consistently and it seems almost every five to seven days, sometimes a new episode will yeah. drop, right? I try to get one out a week. Sometimes I end up getting out too. So how, how is that for you? Because I like what we were talking about. Like it, it's hard for me to juggle that shit, right? Like I, yeah. I come home and, and just try to like crash. But I would imagine sometimes the, the music background for you kind of keeps the hustle in there where you're playing live shows. You've been balancing that out with your yeah. nine to five for so long. that This is just another part of it, right? Yeah, I think, I guess there is like a, a selfish aspect of like self-promotion, you know, at least in there somewhere that drives it. But then I don't know, man, it, it does give me something to do. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I weirdly just enjoy it, I guess, whether it's looking forward to talking to some random person on the internet or, you know, whether it's like checking out different music or whatever. And then the other thing about it, like the ebbs and flows I've noticed of like scheduling it or whatever is like people constantly cancel or I reschedule or whatever. And there'll be periods where like nobody wants to talk right? For like weeks or months at a time. And it's actually in a way it's kind of nice. So I don't have to like worry about it, but then, you know, there'll be a month where everybody wants to talk because everybody's releasing music. And so it actually kind of works out because then I like back catalog, you know, the conversations in uh garage band so whenever i got an hour to edit one i'm like all right let's see let's see who i've talked to recently and uh you know just edit it that's that's perfect i like that um i i noticed so the 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 most recent one that i i think you did you did it at a bar yeah <laughs> which yeah. i would never do but i i like the uh the bravery around it and it actually sounded pretty solid despite the the background yeah, was, noise i wouldn't have done it um had I not heard other people do it, basically. Yeah. So, I was like, well, should be fine. Yeah, fuck it. Like, it, I, just, I think we got the go. waitress in there. Oh, did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I just, I, I was looking at it and I was like, this is impressive just because of the, the fact that you were able to make it sound good and like cut through some of the background noise. Because I, one thing that I've, I've, uh, I, I started this with like zero recording knowledge yeah like audio background yeah zero um i used to do shows in in uh southern maryland i used to put shows on okay but as far as like sound production and recording and stuff like that i was going yeah. to um 
Mike from the Monster House and Waldorf for uh, a cool. little bit for the first few I episodes. Gonna, I was definitely going to bring him up uh, during this conversation because I, I picked up on the, the Waldorf area thing. Yeah. And uh, he he just sent me a mix back on a song today. Nice. So. The the walls, the, the your recent single is fantastic. Thanks, man. You're I'm welcome. really <laughs> kind of proud of that one. It's really, really good. I was I was listening to that a couple times today, and I I, I love the the production of that, um, and I I really like your voice on it too. So, uh, good job. Um, I want to talk about your music. Obviously, the show that we've been kind of bantering around a little bit, but also your festival that you got coming up, which is fantastic because that's definitely one of the things yeah. that I want to do before I die is actually do my oh, own you- festival. You can definitely do it. You got 80 episodes in. That means you got at least 70, 80 people you probably talk to. So. There you go. There you go. And you only need like 100 of them, right? That's that's all you need that, to, to do it. I mean, you can put the, the word festival on anything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Tell people to show up. <laughs> so And they just really hope for you. the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I think that's all shows, right? You just put it out there and then hope yeah. for the best. And maybe yeah. people will show up. We'll see. Exactly. Exactly. But let's let's uh, let's start with that because I I want to uh, hear about where you got the the idea to actually put everything kind of on your own back for this because it it seems like this is a a big effort and for someone like me that that used to run shows years and years yeah. ago I know how much work it is to put in on top of your other shit that you got going on so where where yeah. did that come from and. Where where was it like you're like fuck it I can actually do this now? Um, no idea. I honestly, you know, when you schedule something like six months out, I guess like I've done, it doesn't feel like a big deal really at all. Sure. Because uh, you just kind of chip away at it, you know. Like, uh, got to get a porta john, got to get a cake. I think it's just from being a kid, man. I like throwing parties. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I like. It's that. like a it's like a great Gatsby gene. I just feel better like having something to look forward to yeah. on the calendar usually like a party so like i don't know i don't think of this like a festival air quotes as any different than a backyard party except for like i guess a few more p's and q's and maybe it looks a little more professional but it's pretty much the same amount of effort right i mean you gotta who's getting the beer who's getting right. the food who's getting the sound who's who's doing this. And uh, for this one in particular, it almost feels like less effort actually. Because, really? Uh, I mean, I have to give a huge shout out to fish Ed cantina kind of become friends with the GM there, Mike. And uh, it's definitely a local haunt of mine anyway, but um, I, I don't know. It's just like they're doing a, a lot of the work as far as, you know, hiring security. Yeah. And uh, I figured doing the logistics that you, you would normally have to yeah, think about. I mean, yeah. Cause I was thinking about doing one and I still am do just basically doing one in a field. Right. Right. Which is more work. Cause um, you know, you got to get staging, I get sound, you got to do Power, everything on your everything, own. Yeah. And uh, this is pretty cool. Cause it's a venue that does have two stages. Technically it's got like a main stage and a side stage more or less. And um, I've seen other people do festivals there. Uh, I think Milf Fest was one that I played with my band. Okay. I forget who ran it, but once I saw that, I was like, well, shit, how much does it cost to rent the place? You know, yeah. like, I'll, I'll do it. Like, just pick a date and tell people to show up and hopefully it falls into place. And if it doesn't, uh, hopefully I don't get sued like Firefest. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you don't have people in, in tents uh, yet just eating cheese sandwiches, I think, right? Yeah, I'm not flying anyone out to an island. So it's like, uh, comparatively, this is <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> Right. I, I think so. I think you're in the, the good spot for it. Uh, and Fishhead's been kind of a staple uh, in that area for music, uh, especially original music, uh, which I, I've appreciated over the years because they're they're yeah. one of the few that really, I, I feel like, embrace the, the local aspect of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, they definitely have. And then the, the lineup that you have, what do you have, like 20 bands, I think? Yeah, I think I started with trying to squeeze 20 in. A couple have dropped. So I don't know. It's probably looking somewhere between 15 to 20, which is plenty, honestly. You know? Yeah. Got to keep everybody on time and, uh, you know, moving along, loading in, loading out. So that that was my uh, that was always my biggest because um, I, I would book metal bands too a lot. And yeah. 
all of their like 10, 12 piece drum sets for no reason would be the the bane of my existence because they would just take like mm. 10, 15 minutes by themselves trying to break it down or, or remove it. Yeah. And I'm just like, get the shit off the stage. It'll be all right. Like you can break <laughs> it down somewhere else. Just get it off. Let the, yeah. the next band up and you'll be good. I think what I've learned is like, you know, we were, we were doing backyard parties with like 10 bands in a day. And that was mostly great, except for the fact that everyone's got a real fast, like, you know, squeeze in their gear and move everything. And uh, I went to Roach Fest yeah. um, this summer, uh, kind of become friends with some of the guys down there. And they did it really well. They just did it at a, v- a VFW and then had two stages next to each other. So as soon as one band clicks off, another clicks on. And, you know, that kind of eliminates the whole hullabaloo of, you know, people running around. Yeah, Aaron's Aaron's good people. Um, I was able to get him on a couple times because he, he did... Uh, a guest host for me too while I was out for back surgery. If you remember seeing anybody with a cane and a back brace there, that was that was me just checking oh, everything right, out. Here. But yeah, I mean stuff like that it was was just super nice to see because for for me being in Southern Maryland for a while and doing shows years ago, it feels like the the scene down here has grown exponentially and has That's really cool. like matured which is really great. And they're able to do stuff in bars while I was like, when I was doing shit, I had to rent out church halls and, and and try to do it like as DIY as possible. And just kind of like make sure that I'm the face of responsibility, which shouldn't be the case, (laughs) but it was, it was really cool to see. And I I think Aaron's got a really good uh, idea going down there and keeping it, keeping it up and and making sure that everybody kind of feels supported too. So I'm excited to see what what he'll do, and you know, hopefully, I can work with him in the future, too. But that that's something yeah. that I, I I really appreciated is that they've he's really like taken the the reins and, and kept it going, and it's a it's a whole new world down here, which is amazing. To yeah, me. yeah, no, Aaron's definitely kicking ass for sure. I don't know what you guys had before Roachzilla it was a good Charlotte. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I guess we claim Sam Grow. Um, yeah that's really about it i think yeah yeah so there there's been some some good stuff here and there but really like seeing seeing it pop up is fantastic and then with the the festival that you're doing that that just feels like an extension of what you were doing before which is great right yeah i mean it just feels like the most like the most natural thing to do because it's like everybody wants somewhere to play and the more people i have on the more people i know it's like it's not hard to book, obviously. It's, not anymore, right? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, if anything, just, I don't know. Hopefully everything works out fine and hopefully, you know, be able to do at least one a year, if not more, you know? Yeah, I like it. I like it. How did you get into playing music? Uh, the family band. Yeah. So, like, uh, my dad played guitar and sang and stuff. So, my brother played drums. So, we, uh, we'd play out sometimes, you know, playing the classic rock covers and you know, my brother and I got super into like metal. So he took to the drums. I took to the guitar and we just tried to get as good as that or at that as we could. And I don't know, kind of been playing since, since then. All right. And then, so you've been playing with uh hollow truths. That's, that's your, your main project, right? Yeah. That's, that's my baby. That's my creative outlet, my muse, whatever you want to call it. It's always there. Right. Uh, even, even if it's not really like the focal point, uh, at a certain moment. How did that come to be? Uh, around, I don't know, five years ago, I was working for the fire department and, you know, kind of getting the big boy job or whatever and uh, stopped playing music for a few years, at least just to kind of get my feet under me in that world. And, uh, you know, whenever you ignore something that's especially, you know, that you're passionate about, usually comes back with a vengeance. So I think around like 26 or something, I just kind of had like an epiphany that, you know, like I need just, just needed to start playing again. And strangely, that kind of led to playing original music, which I hadn't done a ton of before. But all of a sudden it was like, I don't know, I was just writing songs and um, a lot of things started clicking. It was kind of magical. It was like a nice yeah. little three months with a lot of like synchronicities and meeting a lot of cool people and, you know, got a small band together and just wrote like an album in like what felt like a month. And I don't know, that was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's legit. So you just played covers for a while and then just stopped. 
uh, I, I would imagine it's kind of like a uh, emotional release once you start writing the the music, right? Yeah. Just anything yeah, that you built up is just going in and pouring it in right in there, right? Yeah. I don't know what the sweet spot is to start writing, but like, you know, everybody needs a life experience to write a good song, I think. It's to some degree. I mean, you can write a good song in high school, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like most people kind of got to start getting out there in the world a little more before you can really, you know, put something out there with a good story or good, you know, amount of feeling and emotion. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but. No, I, I, uh, I think, I think that's a, a pretty solid point. Cause I mean, I was listening to some of the tunes, um, like the, it was something, something sobriety and how sobriety yeah. doesn't work. Cause every <laughs> time you see someone, you're just like, I need a drink. This is, this is tough. Yeah. I've been sober for like, five or six years, I guess. Oh, congrats. Um, thanks. But this job has made me want to kind of pick it back up because yeah. it's just stress the entire time. So what are you doing? If you're allowed to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can talk about it and then always cut it out if I need to. But I'm a general manager of a yeah. Verizon store. So okay. uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of talking. Yeah. A lot of talking. <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, it's retail work. Right. So yeah. People going in, people going out, and then quitting. You're you're getting calls out. You're you're having to deal with customers all the time. The COVID of it all, yeah. right? So that's that's yeah. another piece of it. Um, and it just does not seem to slow down. And now that I'm in this role, because I was an assistant manager for like seven years, and I had just kind of like fallen into a, a pretty good groove of that, right? But yeah. eventually you want to make more money, I think, and mm-hmm. like do more. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to get to that point, but the opportunity popped up. So now I, I also work an hour away. So I work in College Park and live in La Plata. So, oh, wow. yeah. So the drive you definitely is, listen to podcasts then for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. I don't have anything else to do. Like, so yeah. No. <laughs> I've listened, I've listened, well, that's actually how I got into podcasting for the most part, because I was, I was working in Lanham a few years back too. So for someone that's into music, I felt like I got to a wall, like you, you, you listen to as much as you can. Right. And then you start looking for different outlets. I feel like. Yeah. So music's kind of emotional too. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to like feel emotions now uh, <laughs> right sometimes you just sometimes you just kind of want to like listen to people talk i guess you know which i guess used to be talk radio but yeah you know, i was like pod podcasting yeah and like i you want to be able to shut off a little bit and i don't like yeah i listen to the podcast now like the dollop is one of my favorites which is all american history or oh cool australian history sometimes when they visit there but I try to retain some of that stuff and it just goes in one ear and out the other. And it, but it still feels good to like listen to it, right? Like yeah. when when I drive to work now, it's just on cruise control, just try to turn my brain off and have something yeah. in the background and keep it going. It's weird, man, but like there is something to like somebody having a soothing voice. Like sometimes they don't even have to like have the most interesting subject matter, but you just put something on cuz it's like, ah. I don't mind the sound of this person talking. Like it's, you know, soothes me. <laughs> That's exactly it. And it, it's weird. And you get, you get kind of like your niche of people. I feel like that, yeah. that you kind of gravitate towards and you're like, Oh, this is, this person is exciting. Or I can listen to this person. Like what you said for hours. And it doesn't mm. matter what, what they're saying whatsoever. Yeah. So they, they yeah. can be talking about murder and horrific stuff. And you're just like, yeah, this is my jam. Or they be talking about just the stupidest stuff like with their family and it's still yeah. all right my uh fiance is like that with john roderick um forget the name of that podcast though i don't know if it's the accidental tech podcast or if it's tldr or, I, I don't know but he was like a musician in seattle okay he's got a lot of good good stories but just also just he's like a mundane talker but he d- there is something that just like i don't know very casual and and like settling i guess yeah so, I started um, when when I felt like I, I reached a threshold of all the music that I could ever listen to driving to Lanham every day. I started listening to uh, Pete Holmes podcast and I yeah. like I like his comedy 
And he was doing a good job interviewing people. But it went from like an hour long show to like three hours sometimes. Yeah. And that's that just too much. Yeah. I, I used to be able to have a longer commute so I could like listen to, you know, most of it on one way and then finish it right. on the way back or, or whatever. But yeah, now I don't know. I personally try to keep episodes to like 45, not because I don't always find something interesting or not interesting. It's just I feel like that's like a good, I don't know, gauge for people's attention spans. I think that's also the reason a lecture in classrooms is 45 minutes, right? Because they say after 45 minutes, like your brain just shuts off. Just or fried. Just yeah. Or just stops listening or yeah, it's just time to move on sort of deal. I don't know. Yeah, no, that I mean, that makes sense. Because I, I think what what I was told was that you have like 15 minutes per subject before they just fuck right off in their brain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got about 15 sure. minutes of like dedicated focus. And then they're just being like, all right, what's next? Because this is boring. Yeah. I'd, especially like for me, especially if it's math, I'm done. It's over. Oh, yeah. Math was never my strong suit either. So. No. Uh, I, I quit at geometry and I was just like, all right, I'm never going to use this in my entire life. And now I have a, a calculator. So it's fine. We're going to be just okay. Yeah. So we we got you going uh, to start a writing original music to just circle back a little bit, uh, which I want to talk about a little bit more because from what I saw, and I don't know um, if you have actual like full EPs or records that are coming out, um, but a lot of singles, right? Yeah, lately I've just been doing singles. I think that there's a way to probably um, put them all together as one like, you know, album release uh, after the fact. So I'll probably end up doing something like that if I feel like there's a certain era or epoch. Maybe. Right. So like each segment of songs. But these days, you know how it is. Kids all pretty much put out singles. I mean, I don't know. Well, I yeah. love the bands that still put out albums, too. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, though, is it, it does feel like it is more of a, a single current like world and just trying to be constantly relevant and always putting stuff out. Like, I think um, I was talking to someone last week where their approach is like every six to eight weeks, they want to keep putting out like a new single, a new yeah. single and just like cycle it through. That seems a little too mechanical to me. Right. I, th I think the best strategy, because at the core or whatever, I'm just a fan of music, you know, Yeah. before anything else. And so like the bands that I listen to, I think I've noticed that they usually put out like four or five songs as singles, and then they put out the, the back half or the other five for the full album. And that seems to be like a pretty cool, simple way to do it. But you also have to have the material that's built up over the course of a year or two. And I've never... Felt like I'd try to force myself to write songs really ever, at least personally. Mm -hmm. I don't know how other people do it. I think probably if you're in a touring band and, you know, that's your life, then you probably should, you know, be sitting down every day and trying to force yourself to come up with something cool. But I've always just felt like I don't care unless <laughs> all of a sudden there's a story or something right. happens. There's I get like one of those little epiphanies and I'm like, oh, like that's something that like needs to be told or expressed. And then, like, you know, I'll try to sit for, like, an hour if I can and try to capture it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I feel like that only happens, like, once every three months, at least for something good. So that would be, what, like, four songs a year? Yeah. yeah. So which, that's kind of, like, where I'm at now, you know? One song a quarter isn't too bad, right? It's not necessarily, like, a strict or rigid goal. It's just feel like that's probably how I am. Yeah. No, I, I think that works out really well. And uh, I, I think, I guess also if you're like fully professional, quote unquote, right. you know, you have still a part-timer, man. Yeah, so exactly. Until I, exactly. Until I graduate to the full-timer, then, then I got to do it. <laughs> well, are you going to change the name the of your podcast when you do that? Full-time Rockstar? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Could definitely be a spinoff. I'm like battling podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> like talk that. I'll, I'll develop a split personality and talk shit about myself on, the, on one. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to have to wear ties and like be, be in suits and shit when, when you're in that uh, full time or are you just going to, I don't know. Frank Turner does it on stage. He's, he's got the tie and the dress shirt. Look, so. see that. That's what I'm saying. You got to, yeah, you got to get a whole persona, a whole thing. 
Maybe that's all. Maybe that's just the trick. <laughs> that's all there is to it, man. It's all image. It's so, all fluff. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Exactly. So with with the the writing, I, I like that because it's it like what you said. It's all inspirational, right? If it's a story or a feeling that needs to be told, that's that's what really comes out, right? And then yeah. I I was talking to um, Daniel Hill. He's he plays in Yellow Tie Guy. Um, from DC, but one of the things that he said that kind of rings true with with what you're talking about is capturing those like little moments of yeah. like either it's clarity, it's peace, or just like what whatever it is. But trying to do that in the moment while you have your other stuff going on, like work, family, and all that stuff, is, is really hard. So if you have that hour, that's great. But if you don't. It's tough to kind of capture it again and to like remember what you were just kind of inspired by, right? Yeah, there's definitely something to that. If you let too much time go by, or you know, everybody's different, but for sure, the lightning in the bottle thing. Yeah. So when you started um, writing your own music and going out on on shows, you already had plenty of experience playing covers live. Yeah, pretty much. So. Was there any kind of uh, stage fright coming to to actually play out your own songs or like nervousness for that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely excitement, but mostly because I'd never sang really. Like, I'd never been a front man. I, uh, you know, fancy myself a guitar player for sure. And I'm definitely a student on that, but never really like stood at the forefront. So I guess that was like the excitement or nervousness. But because I was singing my own songs, it also made it easier. Like okay. I would have been more scared probably to go sing cover songs or I definitely would have never done that because I never sung before. Right. But I felt like if I'm just telling my own stories here, there's only so much I can like screw it up. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, I, no one's expecting anything. Yeah. They haven't heard this before. And I definitely sounded like crap for sure. And then I finally took like some vocal lessons and feel like I've gotten a little better. You I know. mean, it sounds good to me, so I don't know if that helps or not. You you weren't at those early shows, <laughs> <laughs> so well, we'll say the God. final prod the final yeah. product sounds good. So maybe the vocal lessons uh, paid off. Well, thanks, man. I definitely appreciate it for yeah. sure. Yeah, you said you're doing that. What for? Like five years ago is when you started Hollow Truths. Yeah, I think it's been going about that long. So, so that was also like right in the middle of COVID too. Then right. Mm. It would have been what year? COVID was 2020. Shit, like, yeah. It would have been more like 2017. Okay. I feel like is when we put out the album. Maybe started writing it in like 2016. So I don't know. There's a good few years there where everything was all fine and normal and all that stuff. When did you get the idea for the show, for the podcast? Oh, yeah. That was actually, <laughs> I think I. I finally got up the nerve to do it around the the the, uh, the quarantine times, yeah, probably or just before it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like you, I just commute to work and always listen to podcasts. So I figure anybody can do it. I always joke everybody and their mom has one, but um, I also didn't want to be that guy that just sits there on a mic and talks to myself either. Right. As cool as we all think we probably are sometimes, but um, at least the name was just because uh, I wrote a song on the beach one time while we were playing a show in ocean city and like before the gig um i don't know we we're all sitting there drinking beers or whatever mm-hmm. i was like guys we're doing it we're fucking part-time rock stars man <laughs> <laughs> like one guy one guy in the van you know he's a lawyer another guy's the english teacher and you know i'm paramedic and the other guys whatever and i was it's like we're doing it man this deserves a song so i just like whipped up a, a tune there while we were just kind of chilling out and uh, we were actually in a Guns N' Roses tribute at the time, or I, I was. <laughs> well, all right. So that's completely so, you know, different from the the music that you played uh, originally. That's for sure. A little, but I mean, the guitar licks, the slash, you know, stuff seeps its way in there. Yeah, for sure. It's always been one of my favorite guitar players. But anyway, we you know play the show or whatever. But I, that like tune or that song I actually did release it, but it became like the theme song for when I started the podcast. It was like, yeah. So this fits right in, you know, to the vibe. I like that. I like that because uh, I I am a little jealous that you can write your own uh, intro song because I can't. You need one. Uh, me I mean, I'm I'm always open. <laughs> I'm always open. Uh, one of the things the that I would radio podcast. There you go. 
I actually have a song called My Ambition. <laughs> Perfect. We can we can work it out. Um one of the one of the things that I've I've tossed around is doing a, a new theme song every like six months or so to highlight yeah. just another musical artist, right? And to yeah. to get that kind of um I don't want to say exposure because exposure is a little tough when only a handful of people listen, right? But it is just that other piece yeah. to it where I want to be able to just give back the entire way. I don't know if that's what you started feeling when you were trying to do your show uh, coming up with it. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was like a little bit of frustration in the sense that I don't know if there are enough outlets, you know, for people to get on local radio or get magazine articles or whatever people used to do um, or do now. So it's like, seems like a good way to make friends at the bare minimum. And, you know, I figured I'd only do like five episodes and we'd all joke about wieners for like 30 minutes and <laughs> right, laugh and right. giggle and then delete the whole thing. And uh, again, I think if it weren't for the, you know, the plague, uh, then I probably wouldn't have picked it up as much because there was just less to do. So it turned out to be kind of like godsend in that sense. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people had to kind of figure out what they really want to do with their careers at that point or how to like, yeah spread their wings a little bit to to be able to do other stuff because touring you know is is such a big part of musicians lives and it is like a a huge grind on that part so if you're also one of those acts that you live on the road all the time once that's not an option anymore like what do you do like you have to look at yourself in the mirror and just be like "Mm, do i like this person i don't know let's find (laughs) out so Uh, I, I like that idea. Um, cause that, that was part of, part of my, my thing is that I, I wanted to kind of give back to like my local community as much as I could. Um, yeah, definitely. so like not being able to do shows and, and stuff like that was kind of like my creative outlet, like what you're talking about too. Like you, you have yeah. your music that kind of, um, is still a part of it, but when you miss that part, it's a, it's a huge miss. Right. So I think I stopped doing shows around 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. And then started the podcast around 2018. And it it really is that just big hole in you. If you don't have that creative outlet, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I kind of find like your inspiration for doing this even like a little weirder because you don't play music or what, like, also, like myself, just a genuine fan, though, of music. And um, that's obviously awesome. But I don't know. It's just cool that uh, you decided to do it anyway. Yeah, thanks. Because you, you don't necessarily have your own thing to promote, necessarily. I mean, the podcast is something, of course, to promote. But Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like an extension of a current project. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's not just like me, me coming up with, okay, I, I've been established for however many years and now now this is just like another revenue stream so to speak right another just way of of, to get my name out there this is all i got do you have a blog or something like that that goes along or if if i cared to write sure okay but uh that's (laughs) that's uh that that's what i've been kind of tossing back and forth about is how do i supplement the the main idea of the show especially if there's droughts of productivity Right. So I, I don't know. I, I want to I, I think I want to do like reviews and stuff like that, too, and, and kind of just highlight yeah. some of the stuff that's happening. Um, a long time ago, I had ventured into like creating a, like a local reverb nation of sorts where I was trying to mm. get like the calendar of events going. Yeah. Having like band profiles on there and then stuff like that. But that's a whole lot of work. That I was not about. Yeah. Especially if you're not getting paid and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting paid from music is is tough, I feel like. And I, I know, like, for all the shows that I did, because I did that for about seven years or so, yeah. I have no money so, <laughs> from that at all. It, most of the time, you're, you're losing money putting on a show. Um, if yeah. you're doing it right, I feel like. If, if you're... That's that's kind of like the, the balancing act. And I'll, I'll ask this about for for the festival too and and any of the shows that you kind of put together in the future like for me it's always trying to like take care of the bands as much as possible because they're the ones putting in the work and 
a lot of promoters coming up uh, when I was doing shows put kind of themselves first, but then you kind of have to to keep the machine running. So it's a little bit of a balance. Yeah, game. yeah, it's definitely weird, and I'm probably too new or naive on the the learning curve to really know. I mean, I'm trying not to lose a ton of money on it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm, I also don't really care if I lose money on it. Ideally, everybody gets a little something, but at the end of the day, I just hope it's like a party. You know what I mean? Like it's something people can do or look forward to, and you know, maybe talk to me like year five. Pulling in some money. There we go. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, get some bigger headliners on the bill or something like that. And uh, we'll be rocking and rolling and everybody's, you know, drinking top shelf and uh, taking home some cash. But uh, in year one, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm also not like super optimistic either. I'm just yeah. more like, let's see what happens. Sort of deal. So I feel like that's the way that you got to approach it. You know, as someone that's played their own music out and tried to to really get like audience members to come in, right? And you have to hustle so hard yeah. to promote your own stuff. And then whether or not it's five people or a hundred people showing up, you know, you're still putting in yeah. the same amount of work, right? That's that's always yeah. kind of the the disappointing part. At least it was for me when I'm printing out flyers, trying to go to to schools, trying to like get as many people as I can possible with it. Yeah. I'm also just a big believer in like, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're like persistent and repetitious about it, like in the long run, which is I'm, what I'm in it for. Like I'm not planning on, I don't know, moving to Montana and hiding in the hills. At least it's not yet. <laughs> um, so who knows what will uh, happen, I, right? <laughs> we we yeah. might all have to go to the middle of the country. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it might be awesome and I might do that. So if you know, if you don't see me anymore, it's probably what happened, but, or I just got hit by a bus or something. But, um, you know, as long as I'm around, like I, I don't plan on quitting it. So might as well try and grow something and, you know, just see if people keep coming back. Cause from what I've noticed, man, that's, that's the name of the game for sure. It's persistence. Yeah. Consistency and persistence. The, the two things that, um, I struggle with the most. So that, that's why you, yeah. you haven't seen like, I, I respect the amount of of work that you've put into the show and like the amount of episodes that you've you've done. And I, mm-hmm. I'm looking around and be like, man, like if anybody asked me about like my stuff and say, how long have you been doing it? And I was like, mm, three years, but not really. Like it's only a year and a half because I only have like 80 episodes. Yeah. But then you look around and be like, that's still a lot sometimes. So you gotta you gotta kind of like feel good yeah. about yourself, I think, sometimes too. Yeah, no, I definitely it's about as many as i've done so you're right on par but yeah i don't know i wouldn't do anything if it started to feel like a grind or i got tired of it like even like playing music itself i don't know some people play 100 200 shows a year i feel pretty confident that i would be sick of it yeah like start complaining about it and i've never wanted like music to feel like a job which is maybe where the whole part-time thing comes my whole life is like part-time i think <laughs> I would like it to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I never want to have a full time job ever. I think it's absolute tyranny. It but sucks. Even if music became my full time job, I'd still want to have like balance. Or yeah, you know, if, if I I'd quit the pod, quit doing episodes of the podcast tomorrow if it started to get boring or draining or anything like that. But as long as it still like feels like it's I don't know giving back or it's not draining and still fun then. Why not? Here you go. Well, what do you think keeps you really motivated for it? Is it just that that feeling of giving back and being able to still have kind of like levity with it where it's not that grind? Or is it just a, a bigger force that this is what you really like to do? Uh, honestly, it's probably a massive like latent overcomp- overcompensation for not having a lot of friends in like school. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to narrow it down to the deepest I like level. That. I love the honesty. That's great. <laughs> That's probably where it's coming from, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like if I just don't feel motivated to do it, then I won't. But as long as it's, you know, paying, I look at it as paying it forward. And as long as, you know, it still feels like I'm getting something back or whatever, you know, whether it just be friends or gigs or, you know, new shows, you know, then why not? Right. 
And I, I think one of the, the cool things that I, I've kind of noticed just about how you approach el- at least the online presence, right? Because we haven't really, we haven't talked before this, but you always seem to have like the local community first up in the Baltimore area. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the, the focus, but you know, not limited. I don't want to leave anybody out either. Yeah, but I, I was I was going to say like that's that's a, a big thing to feel like that's something worthwhile to continue to pursue, right? You want to you yeah. you've lived in the area long enough that you want to really be able to see it grow cuz you know what it can possibly become, right? And that's yeah. that's my mindset for the the southern part of the state. So I, I feel like there's so many different things that people just don't know about. I, I feel like there's there's good stuff that people don't know about that can be highlighted easily. And it's just yeah. a, another avenue for it. And it's cool meeting you because it's, you know, connecting the dots on the on the board or whatever. Right. Because like you're, you know, doing your thing in Southern Maryland and highlighting, you know, the community there. And um, I have also talked to Brad Cox on the Mouthful of Graffiti podcast. I told him, you know, it's like Game of Thrones. Like he's he's the general holding down like the northern <laughs> front of like Baltimore that I'm aware of. Yeah, I'm kind of like the southern front slash almost DC, you know, College Park area yeah. or whatever. And then, um, you know, I don't know if anyone's covering Naptown or Annapolis too hard. I I definitely try to focus as much as I can on Annapolis. Honestly, maybe uh, in a similar degree as Baltimore because they're both pretty pretty good as far as bands and people playing for sure for sure i um i interviewed ed i i'm gonna put you mortgage ed yeah there you go greek greek ed yeah yeah because I've, <laughs> I've known ed for a while um he used to play in a band that i cannot remember the name of now which feels bad uh but i absolutely love because they would come down to st mary's a lot because uh i think nice. their guitarist went to one of the colleges down here so I've I've seen him like grow yeah. with Teen Mortgage, which fucking rips the entire time. If nobody's oh, listened yeah. to that, listen to it because they're great. It got on Shameless, man. There you go. There you go. And then Tired All the Time, uh, his other mm. project. And that's the only like Annapolis person that I can even think of that's playing music consistently. But I always which thought... Is funny. I don't even think he's necessarily Annapolis based. Right. I don't want to call him out or anything, but you know. When when I was growing up, like I always thought Annapolis was bigger than what it is because it's not mm-hmm. that big. It's a tight network. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I always thought it would have like more bands and like more of a community up there, but I noticed that there's really not a whole lot of places to play in Annapolis and a lot of them go to Baltimore, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's they're very, very similar, or there isn't really a massive difference between playing if you're in a band, Annapolis or Baltimore. But um, I don't know, man. There's definitely cool stuff going on there. Cult Classic is is kind of the place that I always tell people if you're just like a fan and you want to stop by and see a show. It's um, amazing what they've done there. They took a grocery store and built a brewery in it. First oh, of shit. all, okay, which, which is cool, and it's right along fifty. Right along the uh, the Bay Bridge. Okay. You know, people from Maryland obviously know that. But anyway, um, it's got basically like, I call it like a jazz club almost in the back. Like at least that's the feel of it. Sure. Maybe. And they have bands play. And um, whether you're watching the band or in the band, it, it seems like it's great because they got a, you know, a nice green room. If you're in the band, but if you're not in the band, you're just there. Like they got nice like tables, got a nice feel, good beer. Like I, I can't say enough good things about uh, that place. And Rory uh, is one of the guys who runs it, and he's uh, become pretty good friends of mine. So I don't know that that's one place in particular I always end up talking about. You gotta love that. I didn't even know that place existed. So basically, if you're going to Ocean City, just pull in there and have a beer. Just check it out. Yeah, you know? yeah, or hopefully food. Like for me. Oh, right. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> no, uh, I forget if they, uh, was funny, like too, like, um, a lot of breweries, or at least not enough of them do non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. And I've gotten like heavily into those, like, um, these guys, again, I'm not trying to like turn you over to the dark side or anything, but, uh, this is athletic brewing company. Interesting. And it's not non-alcoholic beer. And, uh, I drink probably more than healthy of those. 
<laughs> even though they're non-alcoholic just because it like keeps me from drinking like you know the good stuff and it still say. has like that taste right yeah i mean to me it tastes like beer which is honestly most of the reason i drink beer it's not even because of the alcohol like most of the time i'm just like i don't know i, I think i have like some german in me or something it just needs it soothes me again <laughs> yes yes uh yeah. i i deeply miss guinness and jameson just the yeah. the way that that like hits and tastes and and smells and that, i just tried the non-alcoholic guinness is it good weekend. i thought it was great i thought it tastes just like a guinness and i was like craving one but i was also like just not drinking that day right so like hmm mm, i might I have to try that know. again i don't i don't know where you're at and i want to like you know push you over into anything you're not comfortable with obviously but I, I feel like if I made it this long, I, I have some kind of autonomy now. But what I was going to yeah. bring up is um, Giant has these hop teas, which are legit just like beers. Like huh. they, they just taste because exa- they're so hoppy, right? They, they just taste yeah. exactly like it. And it threw me completely off because I didn't think that that would be what it is. For some huh. reason, I thought it'd be a lot more tea, a lot more like yeah. tailored down a little bit. There's some kombuchas that are like that too that are good. Yeah, yeah. I've tried a couple of those and I'm not sold on them because it it feels like it's more... I used to sell wine years and years ago, but it feels like uh, an off wine sometimes to Mm. me anyway because the the sparkle, like the the carbonation of it just means that for me is like, I don't know if this is how this thing is supposed to actually be. And it tastes okay. It's fine. Yeah. But everybody that drinks it like swears by the the health benefits, I guess, of it. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's the old wives tale, right? What wine's good for you or something? Yeah. It makes you live forever. I don't know. That or like virgin blood or something, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Got to get the adrenochrome in your diet. There you go. There you go. I don't know why you just don't like pluck the whole the whole adrenal gland. Just take that. Just enjoy it. <laughs> With with your your music and the podcast itself, what do you think you've learned most about yourself through this journey so far? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I guess on the music side, maybe it's actually simple because music music is like self expression. So uh, the better or more comfortable you get at that, especially like writing songs, like the more you start to like learn about yourself, and mm-hmm. maybe the more comfortable you start to get. In like sort of a spiritual sense so that part's definitely cool and it definitely aligns with whatever journey i feel like i'm on so it certainly feels healthy and then um podcast stuff i don't know i never thought i would uh like i said be doing it this long and it definitely feels good like trying to get people's music out there you know yeah. ever so slightly just to touch and get people that little extra attention if uh if i can because it, I mean, I say it, it's no sweat off my back, but that's honestly like how I feel. Like, like I said, if it, if it sucked and it felt like a pain, I wouldn't do it. But fortunately, it uh, doesn't feel bad. So I'm just like, all right, let's keep it rolling. And then um, strangely, um, a, a name popped into my head here. Uh, Jake Phelps, the uh, originator of Thrasher magazine okay. in the skateboarding world. Okay. I was kind of a big fan of his a little growing up. And I didn't really put that together maybe until I like started the podcast or whatever, but it was really cool to see like how much, like for instance, he sucked personally at skateboarding in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, okay. And yet how like passionate he was about it to the point right. that he was like, you know what? I'm never going to have like my own pro board or necessarily be a pro skater or anything like that. But he was just so pumped to like skate all the time and he's like well what's the next best like thing or extension i could do to like help the community so he started thrasher in san francisco and like that thing blew up and took off and became like a cornerstone within skateboarding it's like the bible of skateboarding yeah i honestly. had no i, I had no idea that that's that was the story behind it because that that makes it even cooler for me it also makes me feel slightly better about like seeing thrasher t-shirts at like an urban outfitter yeah it's gotten a little weird now, especially because Felter is dead. Oh, but, yeah, that'll uh, do it. Okay. I'll send you the documentary on him. Uh, it's pretty short. It's like 20 minutes. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of interesting to see how like people's hobbies and interests like develop, you know? Yeah, because it, 
I I feel like there's there are people that have that and you know the the ones that you can find at least for for me the ones that have like that pocket of local DIY ethic in their communities yeah you know those are the ones that are, are really trying to like push the envelope and and really just do as much as they can to help out the people that are around them but yeah you see them also I feel like get kind of like swallowed up a little bit and just kind of run down so when you have those success stories like what you're talking about with Thrasher or yeah I don't know how successful I am or or what you would consider success but just being able to put out the show is is pretty yeah. successful right so that makes me feel no, like I'm doing sure. something um but that to me that also just like shines a little bit more of a light on it to say okay it can be done right, right. you can put in the effort one person can change a whole a whole future. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. But like, you know, passion is like infectious, you know, it's like a positive contagion. <laughs> like when somebody gets you hyped on something or when you're hyped about something, like it gets people around you hyped. I don't know. Yeah, that's actually something I notice a lot about skateboarding, you know, from doing that most of my life. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's a it's a very much a supportive community, right? You don't see at least from from what I'm I'm seeing, like I, I skated a little bit when I was younger, but it it always felt like a welcoming community. It wasn't anything that yeah people were trying to like one up each other on, unless they were going for like twenty stairs and you're still on like a five <laughs> yeah. stair. That's fine, but uh, I would go for one because that that's all about I got. Uh, yeah, I got fucked up ankles on both of all, both of my feet because of that. Because I would roll my roll my ankle all the time trying to land something, and it was just not. Yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> yeah, not good. So I I just like trip, just walking now. So that's that's fun. <laughs> Getting old, man. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. But with with the the idea of the the show that you got the the festival coming up, what are you working on with with your music? Uh, what do you got coming up with that? Um, I think I got like two songs in the pipeline going in the studio next week to kind of see where they're at and do some guitar work and uh, stuff like that. Um, working on a video for the walls. I was actually working on that today. Uh, the new song that's out now, but I'm pretty stoked on how that's looking. I've gotten into the video editing world ever so slightly. And, yeah. Uh, I got me a new drone that shoots in 4k. <laughs> <laughs> so trying her out. Uh, um, so that'll be cool. I mean, I'm always kind of thinking about writing, like kind of thinking about it, the next song, the next story. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, Dispensary Kid, the one song I wrote about a friend of mine that ended up getting on uh, WTMD on 420. Nice. Which was hilarious and awesome. Yeah. So like feels like a, a little bit of a pat on the back, but it's also kind of like interesting to like see like, oh, okay, that that was the song that like, I don't know, people seem to or pick up on a little more and that's just just a literal almost factual story <laughs> um not even like in an attempt at like anything um to embellish yeah, or anything, yeah. aggrandize yeah. or anything like that it's just like this is kind of how i saw it i might be wrong but this is my perspective on it and uh i don't know it makes me wonder when you think about writing the songs it's like which direction to go so i'm always interested in exploring like Stuff I haven't written about too, as well. Very good. And I used to be so excited to do everything while waging wars on my intentions. It's easy to lie to yourself when you're having so much fun. When you're having so much fun Falling with it all Just falling 
we build against love.